0: Today's edition of the Roma Press Podcast is brought to you by EuroFantasyLeague.com. Regardless of which fantasy football league you play, whether it's the Premier League, City A, Bundesliga, they have it all. They have multi-league games. They have the best and easiest to navigate and most up-to-date statistics. Make sure you check out EuroFantasyLeague.com or get started at FantasyCityA.com. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Welcome back. Another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I'm romapress.us editor John Solano and an exciting day. We are one day away from the maybe a little um, over-exaggerating to call it pivotal but given the The result of the Atalanta match, I'll call it a pivotal match, against Milan. And then we had the Champions League group stage draw, which I think we could all agree went pretty well for the Gelo Rossi. So let's start with that. But before we get into that, I first want to thank the first four supporters of our Patreon page who have very generously and very kindly opted to support the podcast, support the website, and, again, I cannot thank them enough. First, I want to give a mention to Chris, who you can find on Twitter at N-O-L-E-I-K-E-D-O-G. Also, Scott, who you can find at Hang, T-H-A-D-J. And then Nate, who you can find at Nate, m o -S 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 s. I T Y. So, Chris, Scott, Nate, as well as John, I want to give you guys a special mention, and thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Again, I can't thank you all enough. I appreciate the support, and if you would like to also become a patron please go to romapress.us and then at the very top there is a support button if you decide to become a patron of the podcast and the website there's a couple of cool perks you'll get early access to the podcast i will also be recording a extra podcast for those of you who become patrons so give it a look whenever you get a chance at romapress.us and the support page so Again, a massive, massive thank you to those of you who have become our first few patrons. Again, I, I greatly appreciate it, and and I cannot thank you enough. So, on to the Champions League draw. As I said a couple of minutes ago, I think we could all consider this a pretty great draw for Roma. I, I mean, obviously, anytime you get Real Madrid in your group, it's going to be difficult, but... I mean, if, if Roma don't at least qualify to the knockout stages for second place, they, they really do only have themselves to blame. Um, you know, CSK Moscow, obviously generally a difficult side, but they've had a very poor start to the season. They, um, I believe they sit eighth currently in the Russian table. And then obviously you have the Czech side Pilsen, who I frankly don't know much about, but... Just based on quality, I mean, there's no reason to sugarcoat it. Roma should absolutely have no issues with them. But given what we've seen in the past against the likes likes of uh, Bate, certainly it's not a guarantee. But just based on quality, based on paper, you would think that Roma are the favorites to at least qualify for second place to advance to the knockout stages. And then obviously from that point, you keep your fingers crossed. But, listen, given what they did last season, obviously it doesn't count for much now. I mean, there's no denying that. However, if they can at least get some points at home and then win one away match, I mean, the path to advancing to the knockout stages is very, very clear. You win your two home matches against the weaker side. You win one away match against one of the weaker sides, usually 9, 10 points. We'll get it done for you to advance. I mean, I'm looking at last season's table, and the only team to attain nine points who did not advance to the knockout stages was actually CSK Moscow. They attained nine points in the group stage last season and did not advance. But beyond that, you had Celtic, who had three points. Atletico Madrid, who were obviously in uh, Roma's group, they had seven points. Sporting. They had 7 points. Spartak, Moscow. They had 6 points. Napoli, 6 points. And then you also had Dortmund with 2. And then RB Leipzig with 7. So to me, the path is very, very clear as to how Roma can advance to the knockout stages. If they do not, I mean, that would be... uh, Disaster would not even begin to describe properly what it would be considered if Roma do not advance out of this group it's very, 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 very clear. It's very, very certain that they are undoubtedly the favorite to finish second. But again, given what we've seen from this club, anyone who's followed this team for more than two or three seasons, you know how erratic that they can be historically in Europe. So, certainly, nothing is a guarantee. However, Just on paper, I mean, Roma should have no problems whatsoever qualifying. So, really, that's the long and the short of it. The calendar has not been released yet. I will be curious to see how that plays out. For me, I like getting those long European trips out of the way first. Especially, you know, the likes of Moscow. Playing there in December is not ideal. So, we saw how it was a few years ago when the Roma faced them in the Champions League it's very cold it's difficult conditions to play in so hopefully the uh, the long away trips can can be taken out of the way first that would be ideal in my opinion so i'll be curious to see how that plays out Uh, the calendar may be released shortly after i release this podcast so in the following podcast we'll we'll follow up with that but Again, there should be no issues whatsoever as far as Roma qualifying for the knockout stages. Again, we'll keep our fingers crossed, but I'm I'm fairly confident in that regard. So let's switch our focus now to tomorrow's match against Milan. Very, very difficult one, regardless of how good or how poor Milan are in a current moment. It's always a difficult stadium to play in. It's always a difficult environment to play in. And listen, Milan are coming off... A strong performance in my opinion regardless of the final result against Napoli they looked very very strong in that first half against Napoli they dominated them frankly uh, Napoli did have some chances but Milan could have had another goal or two and frankly uh, Donnarumma should have saved one of the goals that that uh, Piotr Zielinski scored so I'm not going to underestimate them but this is a match where Roma undoubtedly have to get something out of it. They have to get a result. We could go on and on against the magic between Roma and Atalanta. Not pretty. Not a great result. In the second match of the season, dropping points, especially at home, not ideal. And then to have to follow that up with a difficult match away from home, again, not ideal at all. So, I'm really curious to see how Eusebio Di Francesco... Ops to line up the Gelo Rossi for this match. Clearly the 4-3-3 did not work in the first half. Roma were all out of sorts. Very stagnant in the midfield. The attack was disjointed. The defense, we don't even have to talk about. Manolas, Fazio, even Kolarov. Just very, 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 very poor throughout. So, how do you fix that? How do we resolve this? Well, Clearly, we saw how they played in the second half in the 4-2-3-1. Di Francesco changed things up. Pastore move forward, where he clearly, unequivocally, looks like a much more comfortable and better player when he's allowed that license to roam, so to speak, and can get up into the final third, run between the lines, distribute in the final third. To me, it's without question that the 4-2-3-1 should be the answer. And then Derossi and Zonzi, they both looked phenomenal playing next to each other. I have to admit, I was very skeptical that they could play alongside each other, just because Zonzi is not particularly quick. Derossi is not particularly quick. I thought that it would not have the pace, that midfield, to cope with some of the quicker sides. But listen, they looked fantastic, especially when you had the attack, like Under, Klivert helping out in defense by tracking back. So... Maybe this is the way forward. Maybe it is the 4-2-3-1 with Terossi next to Nzonzi. They certainly looked infinitely better against Atalanta than they did in the first half. They looked far more comfortable, so you would think that Di Francesco would opt to go with that formation again. To me, El Shiraoui in that first match against Torino was terrible. Clivert in these last two matches has been explosive. He's been dynamic. He offers something that El Shadawi does not. I mean, his dribbling and his pace just look far much better than El Shadawi's. And I hope that he starts. I, I really do. Now, with it being a big match, maybe you you know, Eusebio Francesco opts to bring him off the bench and maybe not make this the first time that he starts. But it, it still, I, I think he needs to play a part in the match. But we'll see what De Francesco decides to do. In defense, Karsdorp starting. Wow, this is going to be very interesting. Obviously, Florenzi took a knock against Atalanta after that goal that he scored. Today in his press conference, Eusebio Di Francesco admitted that Karsdorp will more than likely be the starter right back. I was very surprised because, frankly, I thought he would go with Davide Santon on the right, Kolarov on the left. However, it looks like the Dutchman is going to get his... I believe this would be his second start of his Aroma tenure because he did start against Cotetone, the match where he suffered that torn ACL. This is a big, big, big ask for Karsdorp. Now, can he last 90 minutes? I'm skeptical. I, I would expect Santon at some point would be brought on in replacement of him just because, in my opinion... Asking him to go the the distance of the match might be difficult, but if he can put a good performance in at the San Siro against Milan, I mean, that would be a great statement to show as to whether or not he's had any long-term or lasting effects from this injury. It's a big risk by Di Francesco. If Karsdorp does not perform, undoubtedly you will have people who are slating Monchi after the match, as to why he did not bring a right-back in the summer, which many were calling for. I didn't necessarily think that they needed an additional right-back. Now, Monchi did hold talks for right-backs throughout the summer. He absolutely 100% did. But once Santon arrived, for me, that made it almost impossible that a right-back was going to be brought in. So this is a big, big, big punt by Di Francesco. It's a big, big ask from Carsdorf. But... Listen, he didn't come here for cheap. Yes, he came for a bit of a cut, right? Because obviously he had the injury issues. But, wow, if he can put in a good performance, this would be a big, big boost for the Rossi Because, you know, Karsdorp, up until this point, he's been much of an unknown quantity. We don't know if he would have a big role in the team. Florenzi, as I've been saying for a long time on this podcast, in my opinion, he's not a right back. He should be a midfielder. He should be a winger. I prefer midfielder because I think his best season as a first team professional came under Zeman in the 2013, or I'm sorry, 2012 2013 season. He looked fantastic. And then the following season, obviously, he moves up to the right wing by Rudy Garcia. For me, if you can have Karsdorp become a consistent top level, not even top level, a consistent good performer at right back that gives you the ability to move florenzi back to the midfield or up an attack to me that would be a huge huge massive extra option for the jello because frankly again as i said karsdorp up until this point he's been an unknown quantity roma really don't know what they have in him the fans, the supporters, they don't know what to expect from him. So if he can come out and he can have a good performance against Milan and he can show that he is worthy of the Roma shirt, that he is at the level necessary to be in the Champions League and at a top Serie A club, that would be just a huge boost. I, I cannot state enough how important that would be for Di Francesco to have a consistent performer at the right-back position. Because again, not to slay him, but Florenzi is not a right-back. He just isn't. He's a midfielder. He is potentially a right wing who was forced into that position by two or three managers. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. I am extremely, extremely eager to see how that works out because he has to perform well. Manolas has to perform well. Fazio has to perform well. Kolodov has to perform well. And the reason they all have to, obviously not to concede goals, but Robin Olsen um, for the second match in a row did not look comfortable. And a lot of that was down to the leaky defense. Manolas, Fazio against Atalanta were horrific. Olsen against Torino did not look comfortable at certain points. Obviously, with more training, more familiarity with the league, more time with his defenders and training, you hope that he's able to set aside those deficiencies. You are able to hope that he is able to overcome those nerves. We will have to see... It's going to be a difficult match for Roma. It will not be easy, and we'll have to keep our fingers crossed for the three points. That's all I have for now. I wanted to make this just a brief preview. There's not really a lot to expand upon beyond what I've already said. Again, I do think it will be a very difficult match, but I do think that Roma can ultimately get something out of this. Uh, Milan, again, they're going through a transition period. They do have strong players throughout the pitch. Iguain, obviously, is a guy you have to keep your eye on. hes It seems like he's torched Roma at times. So certainly the defense will have to be up for it. The midfield will have to be consistent. They'll have to give service to the attack. And then we'll just have to see how this ultimately plays out. I am confident. I do think that Roma can at least get a draw. I don't think that would be a bad result whatsoever. Getting a draw in Milano is always difficult. So... We will keep our fingers crossed. We will see how this ultimately ends up. And we will undoubtedly follow up with a post-match podcast. So, again, have to thank all of you for supporting the podcast. And to those patrons who I mentioned earlier in the podcast, thank you guys so, so much. Again, I cannot tell you how grateful I am for that and how much your support means to us. So, we will follow this up with a post-match podcast podcast following the milan match so what's and until next time everybody ciao